Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr. And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Working hard, Rodrigo Lopez. Lopez fighting, goes down outside the box, won't get the call. Berkovich. And that is it. Sacramento, it's time to celebrate. And you're hearing some championship vibes there of the Sacramento Republic FC, the football club today. We're happy to be joined by Todd Donovan. He is the president and GM of that fine football club. So, Todd, really nice to have you with us uh, from Sacramento. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Thanks for having me this morning, guys. Does that bring back good memories? (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what. I was, you know, when that game happened, I was actually a part of uh, LA Galaxy. And we watched, you know, it's, in in a way, it was bad memories for me because that was against our our second team, LA Galaxy two, and we watched from the locker room after our game in, in 2014. Uh, Sacramento burst onto the scene and and spoiled the day for us and had a crazy comeback and and uh, but it put Sacramento on the map and um, you know several years later I, I found myself uh, right right in the middle of it all. And so tell us about that, because, you know, that's that's a transition for you. It's also, I would imagine, an endorsement of this club and the growth of the sport, you know, there in California and beyond. And we'll talk a little bit later about MLS expansion and, and all of that. But but talk about the opportunity for you as a business person, again, having worked already at, the, at some of the highest levels of this sport. Yeah, I mean, it was a, honestly an incredible thing to see Sacramento kind of come out of nowhere in terms of the soccer scene and, and, and sports scene. I mean, for me, you know, I was a player for 13 years in major league soccer. And, uh, at that time in, in 2014, when Sacramento first came into the league, they, they were drawing 20,000 fans for their games. And they were, you know, in MLS, there was most of the teams in MLS at the time were not drawing those kind of numbers. And so that's when Sacramento really took notice. And it was only going to be a matter of time before, you know, they, they joined the league and, you know, now that I've been here and been in Sacramento, it is truly different here in terms of the, you know, interest in terms of how saturated it is in 
in terms of the culture. You know, people who don't even love sports, who, who don't know soccer, they know about the team. They know we're building a stadium downtown. They know, you know, that we're, we're going to MLS. All those things, you know, permeate in a way that I just haven't seen in most places. Uh, and, it's, and it's truly special. How long, and it shouldn't be long, with the expansion for you guys to go to MLS? We're working on it, right? We, we've we've been so far down this track, and and like I said, that you know when Sacramento first came on the scene, it was clear that it was an MLS city, and you know that process has taken time, and you know we've worked with the city. We've got a so much of the work has been done. You know we've got a downtown stadium site, we've got you know environmentals cleared, we've uh, worked out you know all the different issues. We've been working for a year and a half with MLS to transition our club to to the league and so you know so much of the work has been done our market's been vetted you know all those things the last piece we need is is sort of the the lead investor and um and we are we are ready to go todd why is sacramento which is uh, not really a, a, a city that has a lot of professional franchises why is it a good fit for mls yeah it's a good question i think you know there's a few things i think one it is a top 20 media market and you know, it only has one major professional sports team, and that that's the Sacramento Kings. So it's a city that, you know, is a big city that has a lot of TV eyeballs, which is obviously very important to the to the business of soccer and, and business of sports. Um, so we're going to, you know, MLS has a TV new TV deal coming up in, in you know, the 2023, and, and we can help with that. You know, more eyeballs from Sacramento are going to help with that. And so... That's one reason I think we are a booming real estate market at, at the moment. You know, we're maybe the hottest, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and it changes daily, but we are we're close to number one in the country in terms of uh, in our real estate market. And a big part of that is, you know, Bay Area exports and, and folks that now have, have moved out of, you know, a very expensive area and into, you know, still the benefits of California, the weather, the, the proximity to, to San Francisco, proximity to Tahoe. Um, Sacramento is cheaper is a cheaper option, but also you know you, you get a lot of those benefits. Um, we've got a downtown stadium site, which you know is hard to come by these days. Uh, the rail yards project is a 244 acre site, literally right next to downtown, uh, that's been waiting to be developed for the last you know several decades. And you know our project, along with um, you know Kaiser Permanente. Uh, housing, retail, it's a huge info project that's going to double the size of downtown. And that, you know, you just don't see those types of opportunities uh, throughout the country. So there, there's a lot of reasons, you know, the eyeballs that I've already talked about in terms of our, our fan support, um, you know, the fact that soccer, you know, genuinely matters here. We're, you know, we, we make news uh, when we do think we're a Division Two soccer team, and yet, you know, we're on – uh, all, the, all the local TV stations, uh, when we make moves or, or make announcements, um, it matters here in a way that it doesn't in most places. And and, and we also have a, a bustling sort of youth academy that is a very big deal in terms of the business of soccer, and, and especially in the U.S. Uh, we are geographically blessed to be in Central California, where there is so many good soccer players, and, and those players, you know, we, we sort of bring into our program at a very young age, and to bring them through the ranks and you know we have three of those players signed to our professional team now that are that are teenagers and uh you know we we see so much long-term potential there so you know in terms of the boxes that 
that uh, we need to check for MLS. I think we've, we've done it over and over again, and, and we'll continue to do so. Todd, you've just mentioned about four things that I want to unpack. I, I want to start with the MLS uh, overall because you've seen this again from a number of different perspectives. This is a league that is by all means successful and yet still trails you know, some of the more established, longer-term professional uh, leagues here in the U.S. Uh, obviously, soccer is a global sport. We know there's so much interest. We've seen American interest both from the investor side and certainly from the fan side in the EPL and other European leagues. What's next for MLS in, in your estimation in terms of the next level for valuations, the next level for fans? Like, What needs to happen to sort of catalyze that? Well, teams are getting better and better. I mean, you see across the board that are, you know, when when you talk about what league we want to, you know, continue to compete against, that's that's Mexico. You look no further than than our neighbors to the south. They've they've had a uh, a dominant professional league for for many many decades, and we are young. I mean, MLS is still a very young league. I, I don't think it gets enough credit for that, and people under understand that enough. The, the league was founded in 1996. After we had the World Cup here in the United States in 1994, and so you're talking about, you know, again, I'm 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 fairly young, you know, at least in my eyes, and you know, MLS started when I was in high school, so I didn't even grow up with MLS. Um, there haven't been multiple generations that have come through, and that's what you you've had in other sports, right? You know, you've had uh, you, you grow up and 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 you go to games as a kid. And, and, and your your parents have been to the games. Your your grandparents. You're a fan because you were born into it, right? And and that just takes time. And so, from a growth perspective, it is absolutely incredible what MLS has done in the short period of time. My rookie season was was 2003. Uh, there was 10 teams in the league in, in MLS at that time. Uh, by the time my short career was over, 13 years later, there was 20 teams in the league, so it doubled in just my career alone. And now we're talking about adding the 30th team. So in a very short, short time, uh, the league has tripled in in terms of its number of teams, the number of stadiums that have come online in that short amount of time is remarkable. The, the amount of growth and the franchise valuations has exploded. I mean, it's a crazy story, and uh, you know everybody wants it to to be the EPL tomorrow. That's going to happen, but it's going to take time. And and I think everybody uh, should understand that that what MLS has accomplished is is absolutely remarkable, and uh, I've I've been a witness to it. I'd like to expand off that. I've got my twenty dollars in savings, and I said, "This is it. I want to invest in MLS. This looks like this is an attractive investment." Tell me why the twenty dollars should be invested in MLS. What are the the, the great points that uh, would make this a great investment? I think first you need more than twenty dollars, but I'll, I'll, I'll let Todd expand on that. Yeah, twenty dollars would be a good start, though. We, uh, you know, MLS is you know you, again you can look look at the history of it, and uh, in two thousand seven, I believe it was. Uh, you know, you had Toronto FC come on. I was fortunate enough to be part of that franchise in its, in its expansion year. It, it bought the franchise for $10 million. Uh, you know, Sacramento Republic just purchased, you know, uh, the, the franchise rights for $200 million. Uh, I believe, 12, what is it, 12 years later in 2019. So, yeah, see, you know, those franchise short. rights <laughs> have only 
gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, the TV ratings is something that is going to continue to increase. I think it's it's obviously the big driver for for most leagues in terms of revenue, and that TV deal is going to be up in 2023. That's going to increase in a big way. And then you have the World Cup coming in 2026. This is going to be another massive catalyst. It was in 1994. The league, you know, came out of that. Um, and so, you know, having it again in '94, it was oh, soccer. You know, it, it was it was known in the in the states, but it wasn't nearly as uh, big. You didn't have it on TV like you do now. You know, across across the leagues, and now we have a, a league that you can go support. So, you know, we think that's going to be yet another massive catalyst. And, and so the growth continues in a big way. The quality of play continues to rise. You see every year that the teams are going to get better. And, you know, to the last question, that is ultimately, you know, our teams competing against Mexico. We had games last night in the in the Champions League, it's called, where, you know, teams from our region get to compete against each other. And, Ultimately, MLS continues to get closer and closer to that summit. We've been in the final now, you know, I believe four or five times, haven't gotten over the edge, but we continue to get there now, and that that stigma uh, is, is virtually gone. And so I think, you know, the investment's been made. There's been an incredible amount of investment made by the founding members of, of MLS and the, the new members that keep coming in and the new teams. Uh, and new ownership, continue to push the league forward in a way that, you know, in improving the product, the infrastructures there were stadiums, training facilities, all those things. And people recognize the quality that you don't have to only support your team from England or Germany or Mexico or Argentina. You can still do that. But you've got an unbelievable product here in America. You can go see it in person and you can support it because it's great. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Todd, what, is, what are the order of things that need to happen for the MLS to say, come on down, Sacramento? Is it uh, ownership, investor, slash stadium, slash uh, more commitment? I mean, it seems like you've got everything ready to go except one missing piece. Is that the investor? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you hit it on the head. We, we've got everything everything ready to go. We've got a stadium. We've got our market has been proven over and over again to be a great market and something that's going to, you know, push MLS in a, in a, in a better direction and, you know, further on TV ratings, on market share, all those different things. The investor is what we need, that final piece. We've, we've been working for so long with the city to, you know, secure that downtown stadium site. That's done. The sign-offs are there. Uh, they're still on board. They haven't gone anywhere. Their support has only gotten stronger. The business community is behind us. We've already got a shirt sponsor, you know, as we go into MLS, which, you know, many teams still don't have. Um, you know, the the business side of it is, is ready. We need that final piece, that investor to come in to see the opportunity of not just, you know, Sacramento. I mean, it's the combination of Sacramento, a, you know, city that continues to be on the rise, 
the downtown stadium, the hottest real estate market, but also MLS, right? This is, you know, you're investing in a league that is on the precipice of, of more and more growth. I mean, the growth has been remarkable. It's only going to continue uh, with catalysts, you know, up ahead with the TV deal with World Cup uh, coming in 26. And, you know, combine that with, you know, the land that, that is part of our deal. It's not just, you know, a, a, a stadium uh, site. It's also 17 acres adjacent to that that we have that you can develop in any way you want. You can put retail there. You can put a hotel. You can, you know, have restaurants um, and develop it, you know, in any way that you see fit. So it's a very unique opportunity that, that presents a lot of um, a lot of benefits for for a potential investor. Todd, I'm going to ask you the same question we we asked uh, Derek Jeter a, a couple weeks ago, uh, which is about you know sort of sitting on the other side of the table. You know, you played the game, and as you say, it was early days. So much growth uh, there in the league, and you've also seen and and managed um, from a more operational business side a number of different soccer clubs in in various leagues around the U.S. What's the biggest challenge in, in that transition? And, and what do you think you sort of related to that? You know, what do you bring having been a very successful player in the league that, that helps you in your job? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I'm, I honestly wake up every day feeling very lucky to be part of sports. It's something that I've always loved. I just have naturally been drawn to it. Uh, you know, even as a kid, like I see a ball on the ground, I want to go over and pick it up and throw it around, kick it, you know, you name it. It's just what I, it's just in my blood. So, you know, to be able to, you know, play sports throughout my life, to be able, you know, it, sports helped me get into college. Um, it helped me, you know, with find a career after college and, and that's only continued. So I, I, I feel honestly blessed to be part of the game. And, you know, that transition it's not an easy one. And I think it's something most players uh, in a way fear because you've been so singularly focused on your craft, on the sacrifices involved on, you know, doing, doing that and, and dedicating your life to that at such a high level that it's hard to think beyond that. But you know, it's coming because you know, you can't play forever. Uh, careers, you know, are finite and you have to, you have to, uh, plan beyond that. So what I did as a player, uh, I didn't. I certainly didn't have it all figured out, but I tried to do s- some things outside of the field that you know uh, gave me opportunities to to you know make that next step. And one of the things I did was, you know, I joined our 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 uh, players players union in the league, and it was an opportunity to you know, dive into some of the business side of the game that, that you don't think about. So through those experiences, I was able to make relationships, you know, throughout the league, whether it's league executives, league, uh, you know, league ownership, the commissioner, um, you know, and, and, and then even beyond that, it's dealing with your own sort of membership and having to be in a room in a collective bargaining setting where you're, you've got, you know, 40, 40 players, in a room in Washington, D.C. with a mediator, and you are trying to lead that group, most of them captains of their team, alpha males. You're trying to lead that group and get them all on, on the same page. And it is, I mean, it was a challenge of a lifetime. It was an incredible experience. But through those experiences, you learn so many things. And as an athlete, you learn 
so many things that you don't realize translate to quote unquote real life and, and the real world. So those skills of you know teamwork and um, again working hard, sacrifice, um, those translate. And so you know really when when it gets down to it, you have to be you have to sort of tear the bandaid off and, and just dive in because you're not going to have all the answers. Whatever your next step is uh, in life, it's, it's going to be new. It's going to be a challenge. And as an athlete, you know, you've, you've, you've faced a lot of challenges. I certainly did in, in my career. And so you, you just you dive in and you ask questions and you, you, um, you know, put your head down and, and do the work and eventually you get it. And, you know, that's, I think, I think that's with any job, any new job, you, you know, nobody's got it all figured out from the start. You got to, you got to dive in. And so it's no different as an athlete. So what I tell a lot of, you know, former players is, you know, honestly get, get confidence doing, doing something off the field, whatever that is, whatever you can find, um, try and find something away from the field and start small and, and then, you know, keep, keep after it. And eventually, um, you know, that transition is not so hard. I'm a big believer in youth sports. And I always believe that for any major sport, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, you have to have the youth participation because that's where the next generation is coming to participate in the sport. Where do you see youth sports for soccer today, and and where does it need to develop? I guess starting, yeah, it's another really good question. I think youth sports is, is vital, right? And I... I, I grew up lucky to play multiple sports. I think that's really important, um, you know, to have balance, to have, you know, to avoid uh, burnout, all those different things. I, I played basketball growing up. I played tennis, you know, but I was always, every day I was throwing a baseball, you know, throwing a football, playing soccer. It didn't matter. It was just I loved playing and competing and ultimately figured out that I loved being part of teams, but I think in terms of youth sports, it's about having fun and um, not getting too serious too early. You can have fun and be serious. They're not mutually exclusive, and um, I think, you know, I I certainly encourage, and and we have, you know, camps, clinics, um, programs as low as four or five years old, but it's all about having fun. It's not about, hey, you know, drilling kids and trying to, to get them to quit everything else so they singularly focused on soccer at, at, you know, super young ages. It's about having fun. And when you lose that, it's it's just not sustainable. And, you know, again, that eventually builds into, um, you know, our youth academy and the MLS teams across across the country have youth academies that, that specifically, and this is something that we've caught up with the rest of the world on, you know, focus on, you know, the top players in the area, top coaches, and and you just end up with an environment where you're going to produce better soccer players. And just being and rubbing shoulders in the same club and wearing the same crest as the players who are already professionals who you look up to, that's a big step that, you know, again, as a as a young player growing up, I never had that. Being a professional soccer player was a dream of mine, but I didn't that dream was, you know, might as well have been, you know, on the other side of the world because I, I couldn't see those top pros i couldn't play with them i couldn't um you know have those experiences but i think now just being in that environment you're treated in a way that's different and you see yourself in a different light and 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 you get get to that level but at the end of the day it's all about having fun if you lose that and you don't 
have that perspective, uh, it's not going to last, and you're not going to you're not going to make it. Well, Todd, thank you so much. It's been really good to catch up with you. Uh, clearly, a lot going on there in Sacramento, and we're looking forward to you know some big news before too long about that uh, MLS deal. And we know from a lot of the work that we do that you know soccer is certainly uh, on the rise. So, best of luck to you, and, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed it. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at LynchyWCVB. And I'm Jason Kelly. Follow me at Jason Kelly News. We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, The promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, Top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.